The information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a qualified licensed professional counselor or a qualified licensed medical provider. Hello and welcome back to another session of the Evolving Chair Podcast with your host, Lakeisha Russell, licensed professional counselor, also known as America's Mental Wellness Ambassador. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend and let's hop right into pop therapy. So for many of you who don't know what pop therapy is, it is a segment I created for us to talk about articles, books, movies, TV shows, um, news, anything um, relative to the community and we give it a therapist spin on it. So today I am talking about the Surviving R. Kelly docuseries. And now I know we have people on different ends of, of the line, you know, that are still supporting those that are like nope not doing that um but this is more so for us to be able to cope with what we're seeing and what we're hearing especially those um that are victims of abuse it may not be our Kelly um that have done something to them but just have experienced abuse in their life um and so that is definitely being cognizant you know it's okay to take a break from social media um, and not engage in that. Um, it's okay to practice self care. So doing some journaling, reflecting, um, or even connecting with your support. Um, and it's okay to seek service from a therapist to help you get skills to keep you grounded. Um, because I know, unfortunately, some people are being triggered by what they're seeing, what they're hearing. And so, it's definitely okay to connect with a therapist to get those grounding skills to to keep you grounded um, and not as triggered as much. And so, you know, and, and but that's just across the board, even women um, and individuals that are watching the docuseries for them to just practice self-care, because honestly, it's a lot to take in, a lot to digest and and he evokes so many emotions. I know for me, you know, initially I was just like, oh my goodness, you know, our black and brown girls. Um, and just how unfortunately I think sometimes our society has sexualized us as women and, you know, the girls too. Um, just like through the music, through movies, things like that. Um, so it evoked emotions in me just to be like, wow, you know, um, just to do a lot more education to us as black and brown girls, just of our worth um, and building up self-esteem. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to use this pop therapy segment just to provide some some ways to cope and debrief with everything that you're seeing in the news and the media around the surviving R. Kelly. All right. So. Before we head off to break, I'm going to share with you guys um, a little bit about my guest for today's session. And we're talking about grief and loss just because this is something, you know, we 
we have to learn to talk more about, especially in our communities. So my special guest, Ms. Keisha Walls is a Ms. Keisha Wells is a licensed professional counselor and national certified counselor in private practice in Columbus, Georgia. Keisha is the owner of Transformation Counseling Services, a practice serving individuals dealing with major life transitions such as grief and loss. Keisha's practice also focuses on perinatal mental health services for mothers and their families impacted by pregnancy and infant loss, in addition to postpartum depression and anxiety and traumatic birth experiences. For 10 years, Keisha has enjoyed working with underserved and minority populations and currently provides individual and group counseling for her clients. Aside from her clinical work, Keisha advocates for women and babies by fundraising for the March of Dimes annual March for Babies and serving as a support coordinator for, for Postpartum Support International. Keisha is an avid reader and writer, contributing to articles in Essence Magazine, The New York Times, Therapy for Black Girls, Bustle, and Elite Daily. And we'll be right back with a word from our sponsors and then on to my very special guest, Ms. Keisha Wells. This session of the Evolving Chair podcast is brought to you by the Evolving Chair Counseling and Consulting Agency in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We are committed to helping individuals evolve into their best self to live their best life so they can fulfill their God-given purposes. Services include individual and group therapy, culturally competent trauma-informed care trainings, consultations. To schedule your free 15-minute phone consultation to begin your journey of evolving, call 414-395-0037 or reach us at www.theevolvingchair.com. Again, that's www.the v-o-l-v-i-n-g dot com hello you guys and we are back from the break with my great guest miss keisha wells who is a licensed professional counselor keisha say hi to the evolvers hello evolvers i'm happy to be here yeah i'm so excited for you to be here because we're going to talk about a topic that definitely needs to be talked about especially amongst the black and brown communities as always um so before we dive deep into our session today keisha tell the evolvers how did you start in this field and what led you into the direction of wanting to be a therapist so I started my training in education in 2008, um, many years ago, and since that time I've worked in a variety of settings from community mental health agencies to residential substance abuse treatment, um, vocational rehab, as well as hospice. And so now in private practice, I primarily work uh, with grief and loss, specifically mm-hmm. pregnancy and infant loss. And I also focus on women's issues. I enjoy helping women in transition, including moms who are adjusting to motherhood and managing postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm. And now, how did you know that you wanted to focus in that area? What led you to be like, you know what, this is the area of grief and loss, right? And postpartum Mm -hmm. that I really want to focus on. So I have a personal story. Um, I entered the field after experiencing a a traumatic second trimester loss of twin sons. So that 
kind of put me on the path to seeking counseling and support and understanding, you know, for myself and, you know, how do I survive this major loss? And Mm -hmm. so kind of going through that process and receiving the support that I needed, I decided that I wanted to be a source of education and support for others. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm sorry Mm -hmm. for your loss. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, and, 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 you know, for the evolvers, that's exactly what we're talking about. Just grief Mm -hmm. and loss, because again, Mm -hmm. I think it's something that we don't talk too much about in the community and it's almost that sense of, you know, well, you know, just keep chugging along, you know? Um, so Keisha, let's, let's kind of dissect that a little bit. Let's first start off with the stages of grief and like what that is, what it consists of for those that are listening that may not know. Yeah. So when we think about um, grief and we think about death and dying, we do think of those stages. And so Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is the creator of those five stages of grief. And so those stages include um, shock, where there's disbelief around the loss. Um, Then there's anger, where you're experiencing intense upset and frustration. And then the bargaining stage where, you know, you're questioning if you Um, perhaps did more or less than maybe your loved one would be here. Then there's the depression where there's sadness and sorrow and the hurt and pain um, and isolation. And then the acceptance stage where you come, you know, to terms with with the death and the loss. So those are are pretty common. Most individuals have heard of those five Mm -hmm. stages. And I use that as kind of like a, a a foundation for helping my clients kind of explore some of the different emotions that they're actually, you know, experiencing in their grief journey. Mm, That's really good. Um, A question that I know um, I've heard kind of like just from different people is that um, do everybody experience all necessarily have to experience all of the stages or can people like bypass some or just like, you, you know what I mean? Jump to a certain stage and then come out of it and they're good to go. Right. Yeah. So with grieving, like I said, that is kind of like a, a, a basic, um, framework or a foundation for the different stages that you might be experiencing but we Mm -hmm. don't grieve in a linear fashion Mm -hmm. and actually I would say that there are you know many stages of grief Mm -hmm. Um, I with my clients I really like to use um, Jay Warden's four tasks of mourning um, as a, a good base of how we journey or progress through our grief and so with that there are different tasks that a person works through Um, you know, and coming to terms with the reality of the loss and being able to kind of embark on a a new life without that loved one while still being able to maintain, you know, connections to the deceased. So there are actually four different tasks. um, And I really like that as a a framework more so Mm -hmm. than the five stages, because the five stages can kind of be, you know, restricting. And like I said, we don't Mm. read very linear, you know, fashion. It's not that everybody you know initially when they find out that there there is a loss or a death that they're automatically shocked and not every person um will then move to the next stage of anger or bargaining so it really doesn't map out in that way but i think the four tasks are more um applicable to you know how we actually deal with grief and mourning Mm. now can you talk a little more about those four tasks and like Mm -hmm. what they are 
Sure. So um, the initial task is to accept the reality of the loss. So that is moving from um, that state of disbelief to acknowledging that the loss has occurred, you know, that you actually are taking it in, that you actually are living um, without that loved one. So you have that realization. And then in the second task, it is the process of, um, you know, dealing with the pain of grief. So a lot mm-hmm. of times we hear, you know, that a person should just, you know, oh, you're so courageous. or you were so strong yeah. or, you know, people are kind of prompting you to, you know, kind of, quote unquote, get over it or mm-hmm. move beyond loss. So in this second task, that's where you're really dealing with um, all of the different emotions that you'll feel, all of the grief reactions. And so you're processing and working through that. Um, in a safe space. Mm-hmm. And then with the third task, that is your adjusting to living in the world, you know, without your loved one. So what type of identity do I have now that my loved one is no longer here? Who who am I? You know, you right. may have new responsibilities. You might have to learn some different skills um, during this time. And, and you're adjusting to all of this. And so then we come into the fourth task where you're learning how to maintain, you know, a connection with the loved one that's passed while creating this new life. You know, so really it's kind of like how you establish um, meaning or, you know, being able to remember and celebrate that loved one, but still move forward and having a meaningful life and a full life Mm -hmm. in there, you know, without their presence. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really, I, like I said, I find that that is more um, applicable to, hmm. you know, what our grief journeys look like, you know, and you can move through, there's no particular, you know, order for the task mm-hmm. and you can go back and forth, you know, over time. Yeah. And now, Keisha, do you ever find individuals that are stuck either in a certain stage or a certain task? And what, um, so let's say that somebody is stuck in that accepting the reality of the lost task. What Mm -hmm. is like a technique that you've used with those individuals in your office to help them begin to move through? You know what I mean? Well, I think, you know, because grief is such an individual process Mm -hmm. for everyone. And so it really takes time. And so, you know, you may spend a, a good amount of time just kind of, you know, having kind of wrestling with, you know, how do I accept that my loved one is not here? And so sometimes there may that may take months or uh, weeks or even years, you know, for a person to really get that realization. So what I try to instill in my um, clients and individuals that I work with is just mm-hmm. really to kind of be be patient with themselves and extend a lot of self-compassion and a lot of grace to themselves as they're learning how, um, you know, to just kind of process through lo- through loss. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot of support, you can get education, but it really is kind of like an in the moment, you know, type experience to go through, mm-hmm. you know. So sometimes it's like you really don't have the clarity of understanding into after you've kind of progressed, you know, a little bit further to kind of learn, you know, like, okay, well, well, I am really grieving or I am really, right. you know, taking my best steps to make it through. Oh yeah. That's a really good point. So then I guess my question, um, cause I believe some listeners may be thinking 
that um, in their head too, in terms of a question is, so could we ultimately see somebody in, in like a certain phase of grief, like for years without, you know what I mean? Cause I think oftentimes we do think, right. That the stages of grief or, and now that we have um, this other framework to look at the task of grief, mm-hmm. grief may be linear, even though like you, you, said that it's not and we know that it's not but yet we're like we expect people to move through these Mm -hmm. stages and I think too you know (laughs) movies and tv shows you you know Mm -hmm. what I mean kind of like Mm -hmm. can show people moving through those stages of grief um even if they aren't verbally saying it like you you see the progression of the character if a loss has occurred you know what I mean and how they are in that denial all the way up until they get to that place of acceptance and now being able to move on and now I guess the question is is like we can ultimately see then somebody in a certain stage for years on end mm-hmm Mhm. Yeah, because like I said it is it's such an individual process and it looks so different for mm-hmm. every person. I mean, there are some things I think, you know, to be aware of, you mm-hmm. know, if you are having thoughts of self-harm mm-hmm. or harming others, yeah. then of course, you know, that is where you want to seek um further intervention mm-hmm. um immediately, you know. Um but it looks like I said grieving just looks different, you know, for everyone. So, um if a person may feel as if they're stuck or if they feel like they should be, mm-hmm. you know, better at a certain point in time, then they may want to consider to bring in, you know, other support, you mm-hmm. know, um, beyond friends and family. So they may decide, you know, that they want to seek counseling or maybe try a support group, you know, to mm-hmm. see if that can um, bring about a different experience or a different level of healing in their grief journey. Yeah. And now, Keisha, you mentioned, um, you know, definitely if individuals are are having thoughts of suicide or or um, harming others mm-hmm. or anything like that, definitely mm-hmm. to seek support. But when do you know um, what are some other signs for people to know, you know, when it's like you're going through grief versus mm-hmm. now it's turning into depression? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, if you you know find yourself, if it's hard for you to function through um, you know, some of your day-to-day tasks where you find yourself isolating or you're mm-hmm. having very, very dark thoughts, um, then, you know, you want to seek additional support. You know, I think support and grieving is very important in general. It's just good to have a good support system. Um, it's good to let those around you know the ways that they can support you, to let them know, you know, what you need if you're able to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And even if you aren't sure of what you need, just to you know, ask for for patience or ask for understanding. That can be very helpful too. But just being able to, you know, be supported while you're grieving is such a, um, you know, I think it is so important. But a lot of times we want to isolate. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times we don't share our vulnerability with others because yes. in our culture and society, we're taught, you know, that you are to be strong. You know, you just have yes. to bear it. You just have to press. You just have to, you know, strive and, and move forward. And we do, you know, have to, to do those things. We do have to move forward, but mm-hmm. it's the way that you do that, you know, because when, when you are grieving, it's because you do, you know, that you, you do love your, your loved one that's transitioned or passed, you know, it doesn't, um, you know, we grieve because we do love. Yes. You know, so showing that, 
you know, having that outward expression of hurt or the outward expression of sadness is not a weakness. A lot of times individuals think that they're weak, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because they they feel that they're you know, they should be further along in their grieving or they shouldn't be crying so much or, you know, they shouldn't still feel this way at a certain time. Yeah, no, that is such a great point. And I think, um, like you said, in the which and way you do grieve, because sometimes people just hold it in um, mm-hmm. because of, of the stereotypes we have in our communities that, you know, any inkling of emotions, you're weak. And especially like our black and brown boys, you yeah. know, like so you think of like all em- the emotions that many of them have bottled in from mm-hmm. those losses where they couldn't necessarily like cry it out because it was like you better not cry you know man up um, yeah. and keep on pushing yeah yeah and that's the thing is like for our grief you know like I said before we grieve because we do love and so mm-hmm. um, grief does not turn off automatically you know as the love does not stop because our um, loved one has transitioned or died and grief is going to happen you know it, mm-hmm. it will occur whether we and treated to do so or not. And that is just normal. So having a a better understanding, you know, that it is okay, you know, to express those emotions. It's okay, you know, to, to feel sad, to feel that sorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that really helps us in the long run with being able to grieve in a healthy way. Mm. Now, Keisha, what tips would you give to whether it's a family member or a friend um, or colleagues, co-workers who have an individual in their life um, that has kind of like pushed them away because they're going through a, a grief process. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so they may not be necessarily reaching out and those around them are trying to like lean in and, you know, support mm-hmm. them, but they may find it challenging Mm-hmm. How how do you support someone who is going through that and they may not be opening up? I think just letting that person know that you respect the fact that they may be having a challenge or maybe having a hard time in in being vulnerable and being open and sharing, but just always checking in, you know, to let that person know that I care for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you do matter for me. Uh, you do matter to me. And even though I may not be feeling what you feel right now and I'm not you, you know, moving through grief as you are, but I do care for you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that I'm here, you know, even if you have a hard time expressing that, even if um, you don't know what to ask for, you know, mm-hmm. just know that I do care and I see you. And whenever you're ready, you know, to open up and to share, you know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think just letting people know sometimes that you do care can be that avenue to open up, you know, some dialogue. Yeah. No. And I think that is something great that needs to be said because I know it's listeners out there that either they are the one going through their grief and, you know, they are the ones not necessarily opening up or allowing people in or Mm -hmm. they're listeners and they know friends or loved ones. Um, Mm -hmm that they're trying to lean into but you know um getting their pushback so i'm glad you shared that now what about um the individual um because we know that there are like high functioning um individuals who 
are high functioning with depression in the sense that, you know, they can keep on going, um, chugging along, but yet, you know, are depressed. What about those ones that are the high functioning in the sense of, right, they just continue to go, you know, pull themselves up by the bootstraps, keep on pushing and, you know, doing what they got to do, working, volunteering, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But yet, you know, friends around them know like, okay, like, you know, this person Mm -hmm. needs to share, needs to open up. How Mm -hmm. do you work with that when you have that person like, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. Like, you know, it's nothing wrong. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they may be used to being that strong friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to, again, you know, to say to them, you know, possibly that I, I see you, you know, um, going to work. I see you, you know, going about um, business as usual or as normal, but when you say I'm fine, you know, I wonder if you truly are, mm. you know, let them know mm-hmm. again, you know, I see you. I know that you're the type of person, you know, that is going to, you know, just continue to kind of press and move forward. But, you know, I'm concerned for you. I love you. I care for you. I'm, I'm here. And I wonder, you know, if you when you say you're fine, I wonder if there's more to that, mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes. Um, like I said, just kind of letting that person know that you're there for them. But maybe there may be some other ways that you could provide education. You know, maybe if there is um, maybe to, to leave a little pamphlet, you know, that may talk about counseling resources or, um, you know, maybe mm-hmm. sharing this podcast, you know, things like that. Yeah. Just maybe dropping little, you know, little pearls here, there uh, to kind of yeah. to kind of help that person. Um, and it really, you know, kind of depends on the type of relationship that you do have with that person and mm-hmm. the way that you may be able to speak to them, you know, in a in a direct way. Or maybe you may just have to, you know, leave little bits of information here and there for them to you know, kind of come to their, their terms with seeking support on their own. But mm-hmm. like I would say, the the baseline for that is just letting, you know, letting people know that I care and I am here. And even if, you know, a person may not be able to articulate it, but if I'm sitting in this space with you and I'm holding space for you, I hope that that matters, you know? Yeah. No, I think that is such a great, great thing. Because like I said, I know it's a listener's, Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, that are in those situations. So I'm definitely grateful for you sharing that. And now Keisha, do you work primarily with adults or with adults and children or? So I primarily work with adults and primarily work with women. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, cause I was just going to ask about, um, how grief is mm-hmm. displayed differently in mm-hmm. adults and children. Um, yeah. yeah, I think with children, um, and it really depends on the age, you mm-hmm. know, for some of them, they may lack understanding about what death is and what that means and what it looks like. So that's where parents um, are able to, you know, come in and really educate their children on what does it mean, you know, if if grandma um, has died, you know, mm-hmm. what does that look like? What does that mean for the family? And to explain it, you know, um, in ways that they can understand Um, Of course, children sometimes, you know, they have questions and they may ask, you know, excessively because Mm -hmm. they're really trying to to make meaning and get some understanding. Um, Some other um, symptoms that um, children may display when they're grieving is that they may um, you might see, you know, their school performance or their schoolwork. It might take a, a dive or a drop. 
So you mm-hmm. may see changes there um, or even, as I said, depending on their age, you know, they may revert back to, um, you know, behaviors that they've outgrown or more childlike behaviors. So those mm-hmm. are some ways that, um, you know, grief and loss will manifest in children. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um one question that popped in my head, because again, I'm I'm thinking listeners um, mm-hmm. are, are going to have these questions is, do you think how you process, how you go through either a stage of grief or a task of grief is different depending on the loss? So in terms of if it's an expected loss or an unexpected loss? Hmm. I don't know. I would have to say that um, it. I mean, it could be, mm-hmm. you know, definitely because um, there are some losses that you can anticipate um, or plan for versus those that, you know, losses that may be traumatic or um, out of order or things that happen suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there could be some difference there. Mm-hmm. And the thing with just with grieving in general, that it is such a complex and like I said, such an yeah. individual, you know, process. So it's really, um, you know, it's it's so hard to kind of pinpoint for right. each individual yeah. because it varies so much. You mm-hmm. know, there are almost no rules, you know, when it comes to no rules mm-hmm. or guidelines when it comes to grieving. Yeah. Yeah. And then, too, I think um, for people to even understand that for you to go through like the process of grief or even the task of grief grief you don't necessarily have to lose someone like to death you know because I think sometimes people forget oftentimes like a loss could be like okay um now you're divorced you know Mm -hmm. so a loss of a marriage a loss of a spouse um or like an empty nester per se you know what I mean like a loss of having your children around all the time and being able to do for them Um, Mm -hmm. Or like if you lose like a limb, so a loss of a certain quality of life that you're used to living. Right. Yeah. As you said, I mean, losses, there are so many different types of losses that Mm -hmm. we will experience in our lifetime. And, you know, we think about secondary losses as well, where there's loss of innocence or loss Mm -hmm. of security and safety, a loss of, you know, hope or uh, future plans. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that is an excellent point that you just made. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I think oftentimes when we think of grief and loss, we only think of it one way. Um, Right. You you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, just one way of, oh, it's a death, but not Mm -hmm. realizing how every day somebody is going through some kind of loss and it may not be a death but you you know because you think of even like teenagers, you know, right? Like Mm -hmm. the loss, like if they have a breakup and it's you know tumultuous to them (laughs) that's a loss to them it is and that's their you know and they're learning how to to grieve and process and deal with that you know yeah that Mm -hmm. excellent point and that's the thing why it's so interesting of why grief and um loss and death and dying are such you know hush hush topics because we all will experience them, you know, directly. That is something that we can't shrink or run from, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, and one for death because it is actually a part of living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think it's so like, I, and I don't want to say taboo, but like 
we we definitely don't have mm-hmm. many conversations around death you know mm-hmm. let alone like life insurance policies yeah. and, and things like that why do you think we don't have many of those conversations in our communities you know i think there's just such a a focus on living and life and just that lack of um I don't want to say appreciation for mm-hmm. for death and dying and in in living, um, but it is just so ha- so um, painful and hurtful, you know. And I think that's one area that kind of keeps us from you know dealing with grief and loss because it causes us to be so vulnerable, you know. Um, it's not an area that we can have a lot of control in, and so you know if we don't have to. It's almost like if we don't talk about it, then we don't have to deal with it. Mm. You know, we don't have to face yeah. the losses if we don't talk about them. Um, but like I said, the irony of it is that we were all ex- we were all experiencing, it, but it just it really puts you in such a, a vulnerable space, and so they're just very hard topics to process individually, let alone to open up and have conversations about. Hmm. Yeah. And now, Keisha, what would you say would be some tips to kind of help us begin to have those conversations just about grief and loss, um, death and dying, too, you know, um, to where it is like a more of a um, expected conversation, you know, and it's not old because, you know, somebody passed away or you, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is just a, a part of just normal, you know, conversation. And yeah. I think that kind of that goes back to, you know, as you we talked a little bit earlier about children and loss is just, you know, kind of um, just understanding that it is a, a process. It is a part of living. It is automatic. It is going to happen, you know, but also having a bit of reverence for that um for that process of death and dying, you know, so mm-hmm. to not think of it as something that is um, a dreaded aspect of living, but to look at it in a different way, you know, that's why I really appreciate um, the fourth task in Warden's uh, fourth task of mourning, because it's like, how do we learn, you know, how to balance, you know, celebrating and remembering our loved one in the process of having a full and meaningful life. And a lot of times, in um in certain families you know when a loved one passes it's almost as if you just if that loved one never existed because you stopped talking about you know um that loved one it's almost as if when you bury them you you know kind of bury everything about them and so just having more of an appreciation you know for celebrating lifetimes you know celebrating that loved one in their lifetime and continuing by having that connection with them and i think if we approach um, grief and loss and death and dying from that framework where, you know, you are still able, you know, to celebrate and honor the lifetime, no matter how brief the lifetime of your loved one, then that can kind of put us in a, a better mindset when it comes to approaching the topic of death and dying. Mm, that is really good. Now, what is there anything else you can think of that you want the listeners to know about grief and loss? I think having, as I mentioned before, like having a good, you know, support system, whether that is drawing from the support and strength of family or Mm -hmm. seeking additional resources such as counseling or support groups, but just, you know, really being able 
to be patient with yourself, to be compassionate and developing a routine, you know, for self-care, you know, why you are grieving because, well, self-care in general, Mm -hmm. but particularly when you are grieving because it is such a um, arduous, you know, um, process and being able to deal with grief and loss. So really making sure that you're taking care of yourself, you know, um, whether that be making sure that you're having a healthy diet, you know, making sure that you're getting adequate rest, um, you know, making sure that you're taking care of you. So that could be, you know, boundaries, you know, maybe you need to say no more, you know, so that you can have more time, you know, um, to yourself to take care of you, um, cutting out distractions. A lot of times we're very distracted, um, by social media and our phones. So if you need to unplug, <laughs> um, that can be, you know, um, a form of self-care. And then also just learning more about yourself, you know, as you are grieving, being able to identify triggers. Um, because a lot of times when, you know, we're dealing with grief, we have those sudden upsurges of grief mm-hmm. um, that happen, you know, abruptly and come out of nowhere, but having some coping skills to deal with that. Um, and, you know, knowing when those anniversary dates are coming up, knowing when those holidays are coming up and just really, you know, being able to, to take some time to kind of prepare for that, take time for yourself, um, and just be kind, you know, because grief is, is very heavy. It's very deep work, but it can be meaningful work. Um, that a person can do, you know, that can help them in being able to process and move move forward in life. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. And now, Keisha, are there any resources in terms of like maybe books or articles that listeners can um, read on to have more of an understanding of grief and loss or um, just even knowing like the four tasks and things mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, I like I said, I really enjoy um, educating and sharing the four tasks of mourning um, also. And there are so many um, different books now, you know, using bibliotherapy that you can, um, you know, search, whether it be Amazon or Barnes mm-hmm. and Noble, um, but to just search and, and research um, different books on grief and, and different types of losses. But I, I really do enjoy Resilient Grieving, and that is a book by Lucy Hone. Um, I think I'm pronouncing her name right, um, H-O-N-E, um, but I really um, enjoyed that work. But there's so, it's so much, um, you know, so many good books and so much good information and literature mm-hmm. out there about grief and loss. But those are two that I would, um, that I've, I've enjoyed um, okay. sharing and learning from. Okay, and those definitely will be in the show notes for the listeners um, okay. as well. Um, Bikisha, before we head off, first, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day and being a guest on the Your podcast and sharing your knowledge and your expertise. Um, and now what are three key ingredients you think an individual needs to be able to evolve into their best self? Wow. To evolve, to evolve <laughs> your best self um you know I always go back to that uh, self-compassion you Mm. know um being kind to yourself I find that a lot of times we beat ourselves up Uh, Mm. we can be some of our harsh critic the the most harsh critic ever so self-compassion um is one and I think being able to be assertive Mm -hmm. um being able to 
you know, speak for yourself, to set boundaries is very important. Um, and let's see, a third, I would say, um, hmm. try new things. You know, be someone that is open uh, to evolve. Mm-hmm. So getting out that, outside of the comfort zone and doing something different, doing something new, or doing something that you've always wanted to do, but kind of doubted your ability or questioned or second-guessed yourself. So maybe trying some new things. Awesome. I love all three of those. And now, Keisha, let the Evolvers know how they can connect with you, because I'm sure when they hear this, um, individuals will be reaching out, um, whether it's to seek support for themselves or to have you come and speak. Awesome. Well, I would love to. Um, to hear from the Evolver. So I am easily found on Facebook at Transformation Counseling Services and easily found on Instagram at Transformation Counseling for You. Awesome, awesome. Nakisha, again, I appreciate you so much for taking the time out and sharing on such a much needed topic, especially for our communities of color. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for having me because it is a very deep topic, but very necessary. So I appreciate you allowing me to come on and using your platform to share today. Thank you. And I, and the way you talked about grief and loss, like it didn't seem deep at all. You know what I mean? Like it was something like, oh, mm-hmm. we can be having this conversation like yeah. anywhere. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It's meaningful, you know, and it, it can take a lot. It can be very, um, a very deep and hard process to endure, but it's possible and it is a part of living. So. Yeah, so we hope you guys will definitely have more of those conversations about just grief and loss. And remember that you don't necessarily have to have lost a loved one physically in order Mm -hmm. for you to be experiencing a loss. So, yes. Well, you all be well. And until next time, peace. Hey, TC listeners, don't forget to like and subscribe this podcast. It can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And don't forget to connect with me on social media, on Instagram at The Evolving Chair, Facebook, The Evolving Chair, Twitter at The Evolving Chair without the R, and my new email address, podcast at theevolvingchair.com. So send in your questions if you are interested in being a guest or want to be on the chair with Lakeisha.